the weird thing about recording today is that I have prepared nothing. nothing. This is like the podcast equivalent of that dream that you have where you're like, it's final presentation day in my class and I've showed up with no pants on. Fun story, uh, freshman year of high school, I had to do a presentation. I was also a swimmer back then. So I did uh, my presentation in my Speedos. Why? I wanted the boys to blush. <laughs> I used to be that bitch. You're still that bitch. I'm still that. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, so you want to know something really interesting? Um, yes. I I went back uh, to my journal, uh, my podcast journal. We're almost a year uh, anniversary into deciding that we were going to record Dark Side Divas in the morning and Marvelous Divas in the evening, which is mm-hmm. when we started off, we did the opposite, if you recall. Okay. Yeah, like, sure. I don't li- like yeah. literally to the week. Like this, th- this time last huh. year, we made the decision to flip it. So, and this is the, this is the time when I was like, we need to make a, a change to the recording <laughs> schedule because I am losing my fucking mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So nice. here we are. Nice. That's a, that's about once a year. Yeah. That I lose my fucking mind and we have to change things. Yeah. Which it's 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 time. Look, that's what it takes to get a tourist to change. I have to be so uncomfortable with the current status quo that it is intolerable and must change. Yeah, And you got to work with me to find a way to ch- change it productively. Otherwise, I will just set the bitch on fire <laughs> just, just to watch it burn. <laughs> and I really like this podcast. I'd rather not do that. I love this podcast. I love all of our podcasts. Yeah. I love me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good enough. And I'm smart, I'm smart enough. enough. <laughs> and gosh darn it. People like me. So, hey, uh, do you want to you like intro a show? Is it intro showtime already? I feel like we should be talk we should be talking about how uh there's too much story in Bad Batch. Okay, but let's intro the show first. Sure. And then you can do that. Okay. Um, I can do that. I would like to point out though, uh, because I have no notes to consult yeah. for this episode, you're just on my screen. I'm not minimizing you. Oh wow. Today I can see you. So maybe I should have told you that. Maybe I should have no, now I'm make so self conscious fucking stupid ass faces at me the whole time. Oh, really? Really? That's how it's going to be? For those of you at home who are not watching the video version, Chris just oh so casually flipped me the bird by pretending to scratch his eyebrow. Because I'm mature. His little finger. He's very mature. You don't know where okay. this finger's been. I can guess. <laughs> Your local milk bottle. Okay. Yeah. Are we ready to re- intro a show? Yeah, I am. Okay. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> This is weird. I know I can see you watching me because I can watch you. I'm going to move this so I can talk. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. And today I bring nothing to the table. Wow. That's actually yeah. kind of clever. <laughs> I have my moments. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris. I am that homo bye-bye sexual. Uh, and and Stephanie, I wasn't programmed for this. <laughs> okay. Oh, was that your Pee Wee Herman voice? Is that what that was? That was my C-3PO voice. Oh. Oh, but we'll talk about that. Uh, we got stuff to talk about before we get into the topic at hand. That's true. You know what? I thought I was going to leave you maximized, but I just, you can't stand it doesn't the, feel <laughs> You can't stand feel the natural. side of my face. <laughs> I love the side of your face. It just feels weird and, and unnatural. Unnatural. So. 
Yeah. We've done like 103 podcast episodes with me not seeing you. It's too weird. It's too weird. When we get back into Unleashed, I'll be able to see you and that'll be fine. Wow. Anyway. I can only do so much change at a time, bitch. Okay. Okay. We're, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm, we're recording Dark Side Divas at night. I know. It's weird. It is weird. Okay. Right. Even though, even though Dark Side Divas would imply we are in the darkness doing this podcast with like candles in, in the, the background, red lightsabers and shit. Everybody's life. You're gonna get us trademark violated again. Darkness must flow <laughs> down. I can do all of Rocky Horror. You want to do all of Rocky Horror? No, right no, now? I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm, I am officially done with How Rocky do Horror. Do I? See, you've met my. Oh, God. <laughs> Look, I don't have any notes. I have nothing to give me direction. You need to start steering this ship or it's just going to be my word vomit. Hey, so... Steph, I got a review. Hey. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I should read that first. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so a pink wig give him whiplash gave us a review. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> A moment of silence to appreciate that name. Okay. Pink wig. Give him whiplash. Okay. Go on. I love you guys. As <laughs> as a young-ish person, this podcast is the best. I mean, yeah, Star Wars, but then connecting it to sex and butt stuff is magnificent. As a big <laughs> horn dog, I have a question for you guys. Top five daddies in Star Wars? Don't be basic, though. No Obi-Wan. We all thought of it. Also, counting down the episodes until the Mandalorian of 100% Pedro Pascal, love, love, love. Top five daddies? Top five daddies. Um, I mean, I could list five. I don't know if I could rank them. They would have to just sort of all be that tier, you know? Yeah. Um. So, Cut Coin. Okay. Because I'm going with the definition of daddy is actually somebody who's a father. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Lars, Obi-Wan Kenobi era. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. There's not that many functional dads in Star Wars, is there? <laughs> I was like, you don't, how are you going to get five? I mean, uh, you know, Mando. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously. Good Lord. Yeah, obviously. Hunter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's four. And Darth Vader. There. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he's a dad. It's right there in his name. And also, he's he's a dad. Okay. I would like to specify not Anakin Skywalker. No, Darth Vader, specifically. Darth Vader. Yeah. Are, are, we, so are we Empire Darth Vader? Is there a different Darth Vader? I feel like well, the, the five Vader minutes and, when he was good again. The Vader and Obi Wan was a little bit more immature, you know. More, more immature. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the word. I. That's the phrase I meant to say. Immature. <laughs> immature. <laughs> Immaturer than the one. In, the one in Empire. Uh, Darth Vader. Okay. Owen Lars gets a specific era because we've seen him in three versions. Right. Um, but I feel like Vader's pretty timeless. Like okay. Once he's Vader. It's it's Vader. You know, all Vader the all the same. time. Yeah. I mean, if I want to be really specific, it's Rogue One in the hallway Vader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, he's a, yeah. He, he really demonstrates his father's skills uh, murdering mm-hmm. all those yep. rebels. <laughs> <laughs> Don't choke mm-hmm. on your aspirations, director. 
Dad jokes. See? Yeah, you're right. You're right. See? You're right. He's a daddy. But I will uh, point out to myself that two of my picks are clones because of who I am as a person. Yeah, I was about to say my picks are uh, Rex, Boba, Hunter, uh-huh. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen the theme tech. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just just a variety pack of clones. Yeah, just the tomorrow Morrison variety pack, you know. But like, is it which era of Boba? I think you need to specify oh, because book we have of, known book of Boba. Boba. The holding okay. the holding the the goblet, uh, giving people side eye Boba. That <laughs> that is a good Boba. Riding into town on a Rancor Boba. Mm-hmm. That that Boba. is. Uh, I want to be that Rancor. The my criminal empire can fuck off. I need to bond with my new giant pit bull Boba. Exactly <laughs> that yeah. Boba that <laughs> Danny Trejo takes care of. Mm. I would also uh, uh, Danny Trejo honorable mention. Danny Trejo, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a close runner-up. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah. Uh, so, Steph, did you hear how uh, uh, Bad Batch has too much story? <laughs> <laughs> you can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen the most recent episode. I assume you have. I have. I have. Uh, uh-huh. Apparently, there's too much story, not enough action. That there's too much emotional connection, and it's not masculine enough. What are your thoughts on that? That sounds like something that needs to be filed under not an issue. <laughs> that is a feature, not a bug. Right. That is functioning as intended. Uh I love it. I love, I love that. <laughs> okay. Is it because they gave a shit about hurting a little girl's feelings? Now it's not masculine enough? Pretty much. Is that what? I is guess. What okay. 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 <laughs> Good. <laughs> Get your toxic masculine ass the fuck out of my Star Wars. I, I hope, I hope, look, ideally, I hope that this, that, you know, Shows like The Bad Batch would show um, men dealing with their emotions in a healthy way and fucking up and apologizing and um, and taking care of each other and, and the people around them and stuff. Uh, I hope that these things will teach people who aren't already aware that this is a way that men can be that it's possible. Because mm-hmm. it is. Um, and I'm sure there are, you know, masculine folks in the fandom who have never had a good example of this and who, uh, whose only real examples are like the Andrew Tates of the internet. Um, who? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or the equivalents of the Andrew Tates in the Star Wars fandom. You know who you are, you motherfuckers with your YouTube channels. Ooh. If that's, all, if that's the only example they've got, then all right. But. Like, you're watching Star Wars, uh, and Star Wars, with the exception of Anakin Skywalker, tends to deal with men's emotions in a more healthy way. Right. With the very notable exception of Anakin Skywalker. Like, when we get into the sequels, yes, Kylo Ren is completely fucking unhinged and does not know how to handle his emotions, but it is played by the films and by Adam Driver as unhinged and inappropriate. Right. As as a not okay thing to do. Um, he was a and villain. A, and a, yeah. Well, and he was, it was almost laughable and pathetic. Um, And like the only thing that kept anybody from laughing at him for these reactions is the fact that he would murder them. 
you know? And that's a good, uh, that's a good reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, like the, the moment that, because I was worried when I saw, you know what, we're going to, we'll talk about it when we get to the sequels, but Star Wars is, you know, it's about emotion. It's about story. It's about emotional connection. Why do you think Vader is Vader? Right. Because he was in love and he was, and he was so stupid in love that he made really dumb decisions. And it's going to take him a very long time to do anything about that. But he will eventually do something about that. The the guys in the Bad Batch are, you know, fucking up and hurting people's feelings. And then within the same 20 minutes, doing something about it. Right. Like apologizing, making it right, coming together as a family. Um, <laughs> I just don't understand. There's too much story. Not enough, actually. <laughs> Look, they all can't be masterpieces like Die Hard, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it, it can't all be the Expendables all the time. Look. I, you know, here's the thing. If Omega was a boy, that wouldn't be a complaint they have. Oh, really? You think so? I think the reason that they think that the show is not masculine enough and they don't like all this emotional connection and stuff is because it is their fucking action squad of clones giving a fuck about not just somebody else's emotions, but a girl's emotions. Wow. Like, if they were, like, reaching out and, like, because the stuff that they're doing, particularly in that episode, like, teaching, trusting Omega to do things like drill for this highly volatile chemical and and teaching her, how, you know, the use of power tools and stuff, trusting her to be lookout, all of that would be totally A-okay bonding between dudes. If we were all dudes here, that would be fine. I wonder if it's, like, jealousy, too. Like, I never had a dad that did that with me, but Omega sure, gets to. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, and probably there's there's some complications with that where they're like, why does this girl get all this emotional consideration and I never got it? Is it because I'm a boy and now I'm jealous of this girl and I really don't know how to feel about that? And so I'm just going to be mad. It's probably because you didn't so. use deodorant. <laughs> On your balls. On your balls. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Manscaped. Is that where we're going to insert the commercial, Heather? This this rant <laughs> about toxic masculinity brought to you by Manscaped. Oh, my God. <laughs> Support for Dark Side Divas is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate hygiene bundle for the man in your life, the performance package. Help him join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code DIVAS at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that is about 14 million clean shaved balls. Can we talk about balls for a minute, Chris? Oh, I sure can, for sure. Please tell me about balls. Yeah, no, uh, y'all, I've been a longtime Manscaped customer. I actually used the lawnmower 1.0, which was the trimmer for it down there. Yeah. Um, You use the 1.0? Because the the performance package comes with the 4.0 now. I know, new and improved. uh, Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Uh, No, seriously, (laughs) it's the easiest uh, shaver to use. It's safer than most razors. I can use it in the shower because the trimmer uh, has waterproof protection on it. 
and nice. uh, no uh, no messes afterwards, which I appreciate. <laughs> you know what I really appreciate about this entire product package? Being somebody who does not have balls herself, but does interact with them recreationally. Yeah. The crop preserver. This is ball deodorant, y'all. Like, it's here to... I'm just going to open this up and sniff it and... Good God. Okay, look, it smells so good. If you get downtown and it smells like this, instead of the usual sort of like gym socks and onions from Subway melange that is usually happening down there, it smells like this instead, you're going to want to go back, you know? Like, that's a five-star review. All right, this smells really nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, y'all, if you want to get in on some of this Manscaped action, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DIVAS at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code D-I-V-A-S. Unlock his confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Shave your balls! Shave your balls! <laughs> So I guess, do we want to tell talk about what we're doing here today? Yeah, let's talk about what we're doing here today. So, hey, everybody. Uh, what we normally do on this podcast is watch through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order. However, we did just finish Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, we're taking a, a beat, a pause, a break, if you will, to dive a little more into the sort of grander context of the Star War uh, and indulge Chris's obsession with the Disney parks. Hey, so? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I was dual income, no kids and lived where you lived, I would never be anywhere but the parks. Right, right, right. But they would have to escort me out at the end of the day. Yeah, but this really is a story about how Star Wars... Uh, uh, entered the world of Master and Mouse permanently, and mm -hmm. I think it's uh, it's really interesting from a uh, from how it all just leads up to it. Also, this I've wanted to do this episode for a really long time, and he I really has y'all. And I re and I re listened to our previous two Diva Land episodes, and I'm going to call that that was during the era when we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so there's some additional pressure now because we've done this for a little bit, I would say, and uh, I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with the podcasting. And here we go. Are you ready? That's right. It's Diva Land. I was sort of my working title for this episode was Star Tours Two Canon Chaos Boogaloo, but oh, that's still, yeah, that works too. Yeah, I mean, let's let's disassociate this current episode with our fuck ups of the past. Uh, uh, let's do that. Uh, now, I, I I would recommend if you haven't listened to those two episodes yet, we did one about Captain EO, which uh, I True. still think is fucking hilarious because Stephanie <laughs> watched along with me and she still hasn't gotten over those nightmares. <laughs> Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> I still can't believe that. Uh, and then, of course, we did one on the original Star Tours. So, uh, Steph, I have an intro. I love it. Okay, go. <clears throat> Walt Disney Company in peril. After <clears throat> after Michael Eisner has uh, saved the company, now he has fucked it all up, pissing <laughs> off George Lucas, Pixar, and so much more. Who can possibly save Master and Mouse from themselves? Help me, Bob Iger. You're my only hope. <laughs> okay so what time frame are we looking at here so i kind of want to i kind of want to go back a little bit because again we didn't know what the fuck we were doing and i do kind of want to do a quick review of of some okay. things before we get right into the star because i definitely don't remember 
Yeah. Anything from before. Yeah. So we're going to do this in a couple pieces. One is the history of Star Tours leading up to Star Tours, Star Tours 2.0, which is also known mm-hmm. as Star Tours. The adventures continue. Ooh. Ooh. And then um, I kind of want to talk about the making of the remake of Star Tours. Uh, and, and that part will be very controversial, I think, to some of our George Lucas lovers out there. And then last but certainly not least... We still have George Lucas lovers listening to this show? I assume so, because I, I get shit every time I criticize him for my friends. Um, I love that you get shit and I don't. They wouldn't dare. <laughs> At this point, they wouldn't dare. <laughs> I don't know when I became the nice one, though. Like, that's not fucking true. <laughs> that's so cute. I know, right? I'm the bigger dick than you. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and then I also want to talk about uh, the ride itself, uh, and then the epilogue will be how it led directly into uh, Disney buying Lucasfilm. So nice. With that said, it sounds so structured, Heather. I'm excited. I know. I, I did so much research for this. Uh, so, I love it. Uh, speaking of research, um, uh, I, if you want to follow up on some of my facts, I will point out when some things are rumor and innuendo because some things are, in fact, rumor and innuendo even though uh, some claims were substantiated by the LA Times, Hollywood Reporter, Variety Magazine, and Theme Park Magazine. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's how far back I did. Um, also, wow. I would recommend uh, Defunct Land. They have a great story about Star Tours. It's kind of a mess. Uh, a great story about Michael Eisner, who was the previous CEO of Disney before Bob Iger took over, <laughs> pre-Bob Chapek. Is, it, is Bob Iger the good Bob or the bad Bob? That's the good Bob. Oh, Okay. Bob Iger is the good Bob. Bob Chapek's the bad Bob. And good Bob is now back in charge. Okay. We like the good Bob. This is fucking... You say you don't like the Godfather. I don't see why. Oh, it, it like, is. This is... This, this Disney is like fucking... It's the Godfather. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's go all the way back to 1977 real quick. Uh, <laughs> okay. You may have heard of a little movie called Star War that came out. And it was a big yeah. old hit. So uh, George Lucas gets together with his bestie, Steven Spielberg, a little known film director at that point. He had one huge hit. Just a guy. He had one huge hit under his belt. And they decided, hey, we really like the pulp action series of the 1950s, the classic black and white stuff. How about we make Mm -hmm. a whole movie about that? And so they asked Harrison Ford, because he was cheap, uh, (laughs) to be the main character called Indiana Jones. And they made Raiders of the Last Ark. They self-funded it and everything. Uh, this is, by the way, Steph, part of the reason why George Lucas had to do the uh, Star Wars holiday special. Not <laughs> because of the money. Because of the money. They were self-funding all this stuff. Uh, Steven Spielberg took his Jaws money. Uh, George Lucas took his uh, some of his Star Wars money, and they made this film. They shopped the film around, uh, and no one wanted to release it. Mm-hmm. That masterpiece of a movie, everybody was like, nobody wants to see pulp action. They want sci-fi. Really? Yeah. In fact, between 1977 and 1981, there were over 26 sci-fi space opera movies created and 15 television shows that were also classified as space opera. That's when you only Jesus. only had three channels, kids, because back in the day, there was no cable. You just had three channels and then maybe a public public access station, if that, if you're huh. lucky. Huh. So uh, Michael Eisner, who was president of Paramount Pictures at the point, saw the movie, loved it, and agreed to release it. And that's how Michael Eisner and George Lucas became besties. Ooh, okay. Fa- so fast forward to 1984, uh, Imagineers were desperate to get something new into Disneyland. Attendance was down. Every single film that came out with was a bomb. Uh, revenue was so bad that like only like 70% of Disney's revenue came from the theme parks, but theme parks were at record level, record level uh, lows in attendance. 
Uh, it's always so wild to me to talk about a time when Disney was like, you know, they were talking about shuttering the animation studio. That's fucking crazy. Right. Like, I can't even imagine. Um, Mm -hmm. So at the same time, uh, Universal Studios uh, changed up their formula a bit. They had a movie tour uh, theme park, meaning that it was just a a theme park that was just a movie tour and nothing else. Universal. What's a a movie tour? So Universal Studios is an actual uh, studio system. You can people actually make movies there. Uh, the movie mm-hmm. tour was you get into a tram and you'd go around, see the cool sets and the oh. and all that kind of stuff. And it it lasted like six hours. It was a long tour. So that's not just like a running gag on Animaniacs. That's a thing that actually happened. That's a thing that actually happened. Huh, uh, okay. Universal started to change up the formula a bit. They started including stage shows from the different properties, uh, walkthroughs, and even rides. And uh, at the same time, Six Flags made a deal with Warner Brothers to start including Looney Tunes characters in their theme parks. And it actually took people mm-hmm. in the California market away from Disneyland to these other parks. Yeah, I remember. I grew up with Six Flags Over Texas. Absolutely. And yeah, there was Looney Tunes characters all over the place. Right. So uh, Imagineers were desperate to try to convince the uh, pr- uh, the older CEO before Eisner to please do something. He met, uh, I forgot to write his, his name down. He was the brother and a son-in-law of uh, Walt Disney. Uh, mm-hmm. He met with George Lucas, thought he was a giant nerd, didn't want to work with him. <laughs> <laughs> and that assessment remains correct. And that is still correct. Hey, but you know what? I felt personally attacked when I read that. I was like, hey, I'm a nerd. You know? Uh-huh. But you're not a George Lucas nerd. No, not, not that nerdy. So yeah. I, when Eisner became CEO, one of the first things he did, and this isn't something I knew when we did, this is not something I knew when we did the Captain EO Star Tours uh, thing before. Uh, mm-hmm. Eisner offered George Lucas $1 million per attraction per year for as long as they oh. keep any Lucasfilm properties in their theme parks. So George okay. Lucas became more interested in the idea of working with Disney from that deal. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That deal lasted all the way up till right before Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm. So that, that deal was intact the whole time. Uh, so uh, they presented George Lucas with several ideas for theme park attractions before Star Tours. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one was a log a log ride. It would be an uh, indoor, and uh, okay. you're going to see animatronic Ewoks. <gasps> and they had like blueprints of, of the stuff and everything. And George Lucas said, "Nope, that's not the that's not the one for me." They later oh, took the okay. blueprints and modified it, and that's Splash Mountain. <laughs> all right so george i mean waste not want not right so george lucas was like what about a roller coaster ride and you it would be like you'd be chased by tie fighters and and all this stuff and and they were like george we already have space mountain right (laughs) and george lucas was like i want a bigger roller coaster ride blah blah blah. so they actually uh drew up some ideas for it construct the construction and engineering experts were like this ride's gonna take nine years to make and we don't have the space uh-huh. And so George Lucas was like, can't you just buy property? No, you can't. <laughs> so eventually. He wants to expand the entire fucking park for your goddamn roller essentially. coaster, George. So they came up oh, with Star wow. Tours. It was a ride that they could make relatively quickly. I did not know this, but Star Tours was actually finished at the exact same time Captain EO was. But they still huh. they still pushed the opening of Star Tours a year out because they wanted to, they wanted to add some more features to it. They wanted to improve mm-hmm. the hydraulic system. Add more right. droids like R2-D2 and C-3PO originally were not part of the original uh, concept. Uh, and then, most importantly, they added in a system where they could change out film 
of of Star Tours, so you could have different scenarios instead of doing just the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, okay. So, so it was like a it, was it like a mix and match or you, that was the original sort of th- that was the original randomly yeah that was okay. the original plan they were going to basically let people go to different planets and experience different things but they mm-hmm. ended up never doing that for the original Star Tours so okay <laughs> Star Tours was a huge hit it opened in 1987 um, it uh, uh, Michael Eisner got super excited by his success he wanted to add Star Tours into pretty much a- every additional theme park they were going to build from here on out. Uh, which delighted George Lucas oh so much because that was more money for him. Uh, right, absolutely. Yeah, so Michael Eisner opened a a third theme park in Walt Disney World called Disney MGM Studios, which is now known today as Hollywood Studios. And Star Tours mm-hmm. was the flagship theme, uh, flagship ride for that theme park. That theme park also was hugely successful. They also added the Indiana Jones stunt show, so that's two mil- two million more dollars a year for George Lucas right there. <laughs> and like, and this is like what year? What 19, year has George Lucas? Nineteen eighty-nine. Two million dollars a year in nineteen eighty-nine. That's a lot. You just you just cash that out and stick it in your ears and go, because like that's just so fucking much money. Like what? Yeah, I mean, kids, just adjusted for infl- inflation, that's eleven million a year. <laughs> if I could just, if I could just have one of those millions, yeah. just one a million <gasps> would solve. All of my problems right now. Oh my god, we need a dark side divas attraction at Disneyland. I, <laughs> I, I just wouldn't know what that would be. I mean, aside from like a donkey show with glory holes, like that's a great what? idea. Yeah, no, Disney would totally be down. For that. <laughs> I think, I think just now, right then, I may have single handedly completely ruined uh, any uh, hopes we have. Torpedoed any chance we might have had oh. <laughs> with Master and Mouse. Oh well. Hi, Master and Mouse. Anyway. <laughs> so so the the success of Star Tours led in a new era for the Disney theme parks. They were becoming more comfortable with letting third party properties into their theme parks. At the same uh-huh. time, Michael Eisner launches the Disney Channel. Uh they release Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. Aladdin, Lion King, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh I love Hunchback. I love Hunchback so much. Um, Michael Eisner makes a deal with a little-known animation studio called Pixar. Ooh. And they released Toy Story, which was a huge hit, too. Uh, It really was. Yeah, it was fucking revolutionary. I remember seeing it in the theaters when it was first released, and it was like, what? This is amazing. Yeah. You could do this with a computer. And it still kind of holds up a little bit, like... I mean, the animation isn't what Pixar does now, but the story is still there, right. and it's still great, and it's still cute. It's still got that Pixar magic, baby. Yeah, it still makes me cry like a bitch. Fucking assholes. Yep. Pixar. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, so Disney buys ABC, and that was probably the, the last amazing idea Michael Eisner ever has. This is when it starts to go downhill <laughs> really quick. Oh, no. Uh, so uh, one day, shortly after the ABC acquisition, George Lucas shows up to Michael Eisner's office. Now, this this story is not substantiated by George Lucas or Michael Eisner. This came third party from an Imagineer who was supposedly in the room, according to the LA Times. To to this day, Eisner uh, denies the story. George Lucas denied the story up until the point where Disney bought Lucasfilm. And now he's okay. now he's kind of like mm, it may have happened like that. Like he's kind of being more wishy washy about it now. Okay, mm-hmm. Heather, this is the juiciest intro you've ever given for anything. So this had better be the scalding hottest tea. So when George Lucas for the first time he went to the Imagineering uh, offices, he went into Tony Baxter's office. Tony Baxter is a legendary Imagineer. He made some of the most classic Disney rides today, and he noticed oh, okay. that there was a diagram 
on his on his desk that had that made use of the northwest section of Disneyland, which at this time was just a forest and just a back backstage area. And okay. there was these beautiful Jules Verne style art art styles and rides and stuff like that. And George Lucas was like, "What's this?" And Tony Baxter said. Oh, I I always wanted to build a Discovery Land based on Jules Verne, and mm-hmm. and we're going to use the area just north of the Rivers of America. This is today where Batu is. Okay. So George Lucas comes into Eisner's office. He has all these diagrams and stuff. They had just built another Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland that was hugely successful. Again, more money for him. And he says, right. "I want to build Lucasfilm Land." <laughs> okay. I want uh, Willow, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, etc. in in one land. Uh-huh. And Eisner's like, okay, George Lucas, uh, sure, girl. Uh, how about you create some more detailed ideas and mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. And so Lucasfilm actually spent millions of dollars on, pre- on, on ideas, examples, art, etc. And Michael Eisner ended up rejecting all of them. Instead, okay. instead he said, uh, George... How about I let you add a new ride to Disneyland and we'll give you Adventureland and you could redo the whole land there. George Lucas said, fine, we'll, we'll go back to the drawing board. They spent 11 million more dollars on this. Jesus. And Eisner's like, hey, you know what? We don't have enough space in Adventureland. We'll just take one of your ideas. (laughs) (laughs) And so that is uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, which to this day is broken. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't work very well. Um, it, it, the the ride itself, actually, majority of that ride wasn't created by Imagineering. It was created by Lucasfilm, and they've never re- created permanent structures before. They're really good at building right. sets. Yeah. <laughs> and something, something rickety to put up in front of a camera for a couple of days. Yeah, so that's why parts of it don't work. And, and Disney's nice. had struggles with that ride ever since. So Lucas, George Lucas was apparently very pissed off about this whole situation, and he decided that he wants to make one last-ditch effort to try to get Lucasfilm more involved with uh, uh, the Disney theme park. So he shows up. Right, because he, like he would like more, more dings on the I get a million dollars from Disney exactly. counter. Exactly. Yeah. So he shows up again. He's like, I want you to see this footage. And he shows okay. him this footage of pod racing. <gasps> Wait. Was he already? Was he working on the prequels? At this point, it was 1997. So yes. Oh yes, yes, yes. he was. Wow. Okay. So Eisner's. Do you like, want to make a pod racing ride? Well, well, Michael Eisner is like, oh, is this is this the new Star Tours scenario that I've been hearing you w- work on forever? And George Lucas is like, no, this is a separate ride. <gasps> and Eisner's like, I would, I would ride the shit out of a pod racing ride though. Right? No, I'm not kidding. Not even kind of kidding. Yeah, so oh my god! So George Lucas had this whole idea where you would sit in this pod and mm-hmm. it would be like there's screens everywhere and stuff would move around. And Michael right, Eisner's yeah, like, yeah. "Wow, that's great! If you are willing to pay for it, I will build it in Disneyland." And George Lucas is like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, excuse the fuck out of you. Wait, what? Exactly. No, I'm idea man. Your pay for idea and then pay me for idea man. That's not how this works. What? Right. Okay. So, uh, so he did ask uh, his uh, uh, people at Lucasfilm to come up with some concept drawings and ideas. Michael Eisner and Imagineering took it over, uh, took a look at it. Imagineering was like, "Meh, it, it's just not going to work. We, we don't have the budget okay. for it. We don't have the space for it." And they end up creating uh, a ride in Walt Disney World that is very similar to the concept. 
What did they make? Uh, it, it was an Epcot ride that only lasted for like half a year because it didn't work very well. I forgot the name of it, <laughs> but they totally ripped it off. And they continued using that same technology today. Uh, if you go to Avatar Land in Disney Animal Kingdom, there is a uh-huh. uh, you can fly one of those like wing pterodactyl things okay. with the screen wrapped around. Same concept, same idea. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Isn't that fun? So yeah, well, that's what you get for sharing your ideas with people. You should just keep your mouth closed forever, George. Yeah. So George Lucas was pissed. Michael Eisner was like, "Hey, I heard rumor that you're interested in doing Star Wars television shows. We should talk about that." George Lucas said, "Fuck you," and he goes <laughs> and he goes to meet with Viacom, who decide to give him an offer for uh for some time on their television network, Cartoon Network, uh-huh. and that's where we get Clone Wars. The, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. And and the and the main Clone Wars. Nice. You know what? I can't, I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad at that at all because Clone Wars is fucking awesome. Yeah. So which part of that conversation is the one that they deny? Uh, that, that whole thing. Uh, oh, oh, that's a lot of saga. That, that's a that's lot of saga. That's not just one conversation. Yeah. That's many conversations. Uh, now, there are people at Lucasfilm that will substantiate that. They did try to shop Clone Wars at Disney first because... Uh, they thought the Disney Channel would be a per- the perfect home for any Dis- for any Star Wars content. Uh, Disney just wasn't interested. They were going for preteens um, mm-hmm. and young, young, young kids with their programming. Um, they just didn't see a cartoon sh- a cartoon show like a Star Wars cartoon show working. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. My my son watched it from when he was little bitty. I have a home video of him when he was like four. Doing the whole lightsaber fight along with uh, Mace Windu in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, but he took out that entire thing of droids. Like, that's, it was infinitely appealing to very young kids. Yeah. Disney's not always right. Sorry, Master of Mouse, but that was a miscalculation. I blame Michael Eisner. Master of Mouse is always wise. He's always right. Anyway. Okay. So, anyway, in, in, a, in a continued saga of Michael Eisner's terrible ideas, he decides to create Euro Disney because... Surely, <laughs> sh- surely Europe wants more castles in their continent. Uh, yeah, what's what's that old Eddie Izzard joke about that? Where they build the castle and then and they're like, we better make it a little bigger. They've actually got them here. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no one showed up. Uh, people thought it was such a waste of money, even though it's the cheapest Disney park to this day. Uh, you could take, uh, it, it costs $45 American to go to a, a Disneyland Paris today. I cannot wait to go this summer because that's the plan. But anyway, oh, wow. 45 bucks for a Disney theme park? Are you kidding me? You can't even get parking for that that cheap at Disneyland. Wait, seriously? Like parking is 35 bucks if it's the non-preferred. And what does it cost to get in the park? Like 150 for Per person? Per person. It was, it was expensive. <laughs> that's what the park. That's, that's what park hopper. That's insane. It is. That's insane. And people go and pay it a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is uh, completely cost prohibitive. (laughs) No, no, no. That's fucking ridiculous. Like, what? As a magic key holder, by the way, y'all, I only pay a hundred bucks a month. I don't know why it's cheaper for me to get to go all year and more expensive for a person to go once. It makes no sense to me, but I'm not going to bitch about that. Well, that's because, well, look, they're... That makes sense to me, though, because they know the people that are paying to go once are like coming with their whole fucking family. It's a, it's a vacation thing. This is the only time they're going to visit the whole year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas people like you who are fucking addicted, like the mouse's <laughs> is made of crack, um, <laughs> they can they can count on you to reliably like re up that subscription. So thanks, Heather. I appreciate it. Now I know, <laughs> now I know how you feel about me. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm like trying so hard to make sure we never ever work for Disney. In this episode. I know this I'm is going to destroy any chance we have. I'm gonna have to edit judiciously <laughs> mm, ah, fuck it we're not we're no. never gonna work for them um so uh fast uh more bad ideas by michael eisner stephanie did you know that they wanted to build a theme park called disney america it was gonna why? it was gonna be in virginia ew yeah but why why would you not get like if you're gonna build another disney park put it in the middle you've already got one on either oh course. there's another bad idea for that so so disney oh, america okay. never happened people protested it because it was like outside of dc and it was going to be making fun or as far as people were considered it was going to be disrespectful to american history disney lost 192 million dollars in the mid 90s uh oh, God. yeah uh uh, why didn't they build a Disney theme park in the middle of the country? Well, they already had an what? idea for that called Disney Quest. Have you heard of Disney, Disney Quest? No, I have never heard of this. Imagine if Disney decided to take a Chuck E. Cheese, Dave and Buster's style concept and make it Disney. Ew. Yeah. Ew, no, no, yeah, no. They did. No, Chuck E. Cheese is just a casino for children. That's exactly what it was. Uh, they built it in Chicago it was very. They built it. They, they did built it. it. It's it got built in Chicago. Uh, you can actually go to Defunct Land and uh, look up Disney Quest and watch that shit. It was a train wreck. Actually, it looked kind of cool for the first couple weeks, but there's a thing called maintenance. When you let people touch uh-huh. touch stuff, they will break shit, and Disney yeah. couldn't afford to up, afford the upkeep. Yeah, it gets real janky real quick. Yeah, like there's an entire video game series about that. About animatronics breaking down yep. and going mad and killing people. So, yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful about that. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, the movies were bombing. Uh, uh, Michael Eisner was spending money right and left until they didn't have enough. And then he cut corners in the most insane ways. Uh, Disney California Adventure, which is the second theme park in Disneyland. Um, they originally was going to be called Westcott. It was going to be West Coast Epcot, and it was going to be oh. big. It was going to be beautiful. It was going to be futuristic. They changed that shit and replaced it with Disney California Adventure, which <laughs> uh, had nothing but carnival rides when it first opened. It was oh. terrible. Uh, it's great yeah. now. Uh, but then, yeah, and then, of course, the movie started to bomb. So early 2000s, Bob Iger, who had been part of Disney, the Disney executive team for a really long time, was uh, became president of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, ar- this is the good Bob. This is the good Bob. Around the same time, Pixar said, fuck you, Disney, we're out. We're breaking our contract oh, with shit. you. We're going to become our own independent studio. Pixar mm-hmm. actually talked to Lucasfilm about doing some joint projects together. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. But uh, when, uh, and, and Viacom, as well as Universal, were so happy with this possibility of being able to work with Pixar because hello, Pixar. Uh, mm-hmm. So when Bob Iger gained, regained, uh, fully gained control of Disney in 2006, he immediately went to Pixar, recovered that relationship, and fixed everything. And Pixar mm-hmm. became a permanent fixture and, and uh, per- was permanently acquired by the Walt Disney Corporation. It was, it was also at this time Bob Iger reached out to George Lucas and was like, hey, we're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about telling you no a lot and stealing your ideas and using them for other stuff. Yeah. 
So Can you please come back over here and make us some money again. Please make us some money. Uh, so so Bob Iger had a re- had a pretty blunt discussion with George Lucas about how they need to revitalize Tomorrowland, and it turns out George Lucas is is a member of Diz Twitter. What do, what do I mean? Oh. What do I mean by that? George Lucas has a fucking opinion on every single thing related to Disneyland. He bitches about how wide the paths are, how, what the signs look like, animatronics and the shape and everything like that. He's just like all those assholes on Twitter that bitch about Disneyland, even though they go to Disneyland every day. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And apparently to this day, George Lucas secretly goes to Disneyland all the time. Huh. Which is. How does he disguise his neck pouch? That's that was what I was going to ask you. Like, because you can't <laughs> Southern California, you don't wear scarves. Yeah, you don't like, wear you don't wear masks. You don't like. How does that work? Well, okay. To to you and I, the neck pouch would be the most identifiable feature if we just saw moving through the crowd. But honestly, it's probably for for other people. Um, it's probably his hair. So if he just puts on a hat and some sunglasses, he's just another doughy white guy. <laughs> And the kind of guy that like shaves his beard to pretend he's got a jawline. There's a lot of those at Disneyland. I love them though. Um, so yeah, so uh, so in 2006 they did decide that they were going to start working on Star Tours 2.0. Uh, the term Star Tours: The Adventures Continue was invented pretty quick, pretty early in the project. The idea mm-hmm. being is that there are going to be additional adventure adventures. Now, yeah. Imagineers that that would be implied that would in be the adventure continuing that there would be more adventures. But uh, Imagineers had one idea what that meant, and George Lucas had something completely different. Okay, because I would think just based on the original concept of Star Tours that it would just be like different film reels, like different scripts of adventure that you go through. Sure, I, that's essentially what it was, but it's the execution of that. So okay. Imagineers are very obsessed about story and consistency. They were also very aware of being Star Wars fans themselves that peak that Star Wars fans care about canon. Yeah. God do they. <laughs> so they had an idea of what if we did uh sto- new stories that took place after the after the original trilogy. Okay. So uh but they didn't want to they didn't want to mix too much action stuff. So for example uh, one of the earliest scenarios they created was uh, Endor. And the mm-hmm. idea being is that you would start off in an Endor base. You'd fly out. You'd fly through some trees. You'd see some Ewoks. You would see some wreckage from the battles they had and maybe uh, nice. wreckage of the Death Star falling. And that was it. Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, their second concept was uh, Hoth, um, which was a, which was the second uh, a scenario they completed officially. Uh, they were gonna. You would go out of old Echo Base, fly through, see a bunch of wreckage of the battle, and then go back in, and that's it. Jo- so it really is just like a tour, a tour of of these places, a, star- like, a tour of stars, if you will. But but no adventure, really. Right, but just the the star tour part, not the adventure continuing part. Exactly, because because Imagineers were like, you know, if we if we do something different, people are going to ask questions, and they were already giving shit, getting shit over the fact that like. In the original Star Tours ride, you would fly to a already completed Death Star outside right. of the Endor Moon, but the Death Star wasn't completed. And right, but 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 but, but ah, you know, <laughs> and you could hear it like a chorus of Charles's all crying out in agony at once. I'll talk about that in, at the end. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so George Lucas comes in. He sees the reel they have of Hoth, and he goes, "So where are the walkers?" Right. And and they're like, there's George, this is gonna happen after Empire and after your movies where there's no walk there's no empire as far as we know, right? 
No, just throw in the walkers in. We'll have a uh, throw in the middle of a battle. Okay. But but George, what battle? <laughs> if, the, if the battle is already over, then what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. What what battle? And George Lucas yeah. is like, uh, just just do it. Just you know, whatever. People fucking love walkers. Fly them in between their feet and stuff. Exactly. And so they yeah. created a newer version of Hoth and showed it to George. We're like, great. But there needs to be something more random. Is there a way that we can mix and match the different scenarios? And they're like, what, what do you mean? And they said, well, so I, I see a storyboard for Naboo where you have like these cool, the cool separatist models and uh, the, the Naboo fighters and the Gungans. Uh-huh. What if I could start in Hoth and then end in Naboo? But we didn't battle on Hoth until like 20 years after Naboo and the separatists. What? <laughs> this was George Lucas? George Lucas was like, fuck the canon, let's go? According to Tom Fitzgerald, an Imagineer on the Star Tours 2.0 project, and I quote, George Lucas said his fans don't really care about canon if they get to be part <laughs> of the story. <laughs> Has he ever met a Star Wars fan? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> this fucking guy (laughs) i think he wishes his fans didn't care as much about canon because then he wouldn't have to put any thought into making things consistent well as as my cut as my cousin pointed out to me once george lucas doesn't care about canon well exactly that's what i was just thinking like Like, honestly he was always just from everything i've heard from interviews with uh, the, the various actors he's worked with um, they would come to him with questions about like, you know, canon or correct pronunciation of things. And, you know, what what is the the cultural significance of this? And he, George Lucas would just be like, I don't know what, what you wanted to be. I I'm going to go over here and do some more misogyny. I mean, I just <laughs> he didn't care. Like, literally, there was a um, I, I remember I saw an interview with uh, Mark Hamill uh, saying that they they didn't know how to pronounce Chewbacca's name. Like, is it Chewbacca or Chewbacca? Because if you watch A New Hope, um, Alec Guinness pronounces it Chewbacca. Yeah. They, there was confusion on set about how to pronounce the name. So they're like, George, George, how do we pronounce the name? And George, George Lucas is like, eh, it would be pronounced differently or by different people in different, different places. And he just kind of like muttered and walked off. So there was no answer from the creator of the galaxy as to how, how to pronounce this character's name. So another item of interest in this story of creation of this ride. Chris would like to move on away from No, I, I, I'm about to piss you about off. About how George Lucas doesn't like uh, his own canon. Go well, ahead. Well, he doesn't yes. because, like, my cousin's, my cousin's a huge fan of Legends of Novels. He loved the New Jedi Order mm-hmm. series. George Lucas can give two shits about those, that oh, book Oh, yeah, give a fuck about fuck. those books. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it, it attracts. Uh, Stephanie, um, <laughs> have you heard of a droid named Ace-38? No. Probably not, right? Ace thirty eight is a, uh, in George Lucas's words, a hyper masculine uh, pilot droid. Ooh! Why does uh, somebody wants to be a robot fucker? Just uh, saying. So, and the, no judgment, no judgment. <laughs> the ima- right? The imagine uh, elite Imagineer, I assume to be Tom Fitzgerald. This is a rumor uh, bit, but it was confirmed by the L.A. Times. Uh, yep. uh, they asked, "Why does the pilot of the ship have to be hyper masculine?" Uh huh. I feel like that's a valid question. And uh, George Lucas says, "I've just I I don't think that there are that many female pilots." 
Rage. Oh, rage. <laughs> Glaring in Harrison Dula right now. <laughs> oh, fuck all the way off, George Lucas. Oh. So okay. there was a great argument over what they wanted to do with the pilot situation. They didn't want to use the old Rex uh, droid because they had other plans uh, to use that droid and some other attraction that never happened. Uh, and But they wanted something more familiar, more Star Wars-y. And so the Imagineers pitched to have C-3PO be the pilot. Oh, okay. Um, uh, George Lucas did not want this to happen, and the Imagineers asked Bob Iger to intervene. Oh, wow. And, okay. Right? Daddy, we need your help. Please say- George Lucas wanted his fucking hyper-masculine, sexy robot man in there. Sexy robot. Right. So Iger intervened. Apparently, they came to a compromise where Ace 38 will be included in the story as the original pilot of the Star Tours ride. But C-3PO, through a series of unfortunate events, a.k.a. R2-D2 does some shit to him, uh, will become the pilot of Star Tours. And so that's the compromise. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Okay. So my- the sum total of my prep for this podcast episode, y'all, uh, is Chris sent me some YouTube videos, yeah. and then he he knows who he's dealing with, so he told me what timestamp to start watching it, because I, I have a tendency to, when sent a YouTube video, look at how long it is and go, now nah, I have time for that, yeah. and walk away. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, I watched videos of this. Are you telling me that little droid that like gets up and walks away from the pilot seat? That's Ace 38. He's hyper masculine and four feet tall. Yeah. But he has a deep voice. Was that George Lucas's vision? Yeah. Like a short king with a big, deep voice? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love the face you're making right now. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, if you would like to see the uh, face of hatred, uh, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast, five bucks a month, and uh, look at Stephanie's face in this very moment. Why are we even gendering droids? I don't know. It's a fucking droid. The only droids that need to be gendered are the ones that are specifically designed for somebody to fuck them. And even then, I don't need them to have a gender. Yeah, I don't. And that should be entirely to the purchaser's preference. Yeah. Like, George Lucas, look, the more I learn about George Lucas, the harder and harder it is to give him credit for being the visionary who created Star Wars in the first place, you know? I know. It's hard. It's like, it's, t- it's tough sometimes. Uh, but Stephanie, he grew up in a different era. Times were different back then. Blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. Yeah, I know. Bullshit. I know. I agree with you. My dad grew up in the same era. He didn't think this fucking way. No. <laughs> like My grandmother didn't no. think this way. I mean, it, yeah. she, she was born in 1919. <laughs> anyway. No, it's just George Lucas being an asshole. Uh, That's all that is. Uh, so, so some quick uh, extra notes. Uh, uh, when you enter the Star Tours ride, you're once again greeted by C-3PO and R2-D2 giving, some, giving each other shit. Uh, mm-hmm. you, that's when you're like walking through in the line and stuff and yeah. you like, pass them you're also like you post on your tiktok so that i can live vicariously and that's what i post on my tiktok because it's my favorite yeah. part of the ride is seeing those two like bitch at each other the whole time i would just cry oh i do i would just i kind of do to, sometimes oh. um you get weather reports from across the galaxy mm. yeah in, in that in that place i love that do we do we get cctv in a tavern <laughs> <On> a, <laughs> <in> Tatooine. <laughs> With a weird guy with a bull head. 
Ugh. Yeah. Oh, I'm yep. sorry, an orifice on the top of the skull. It's, it's, it's an orifice. It's, an orifice. it's got an orifice on <laughs> oh, the top of the skull. Uh, yeah, so when you go up the ramp, you're greeted by a little mini droid. He's super cute. Uh, that's vo- The first droid is voiced by Tom Fitzgerald, the lead Imagineer uh, on Aww. the project. The second droid that's at the very top, that is Patrick uh, War- Warburton. Oh, uh, Kronk. Kronk. From yeah. Emperor's New Groove. I love him. Uh-huh. I uh, love him d- so much. He's he's And he's so funny, too. Uh, and then, uh, so when you go up and you wait in front of the doors to get on the ride, there is you see the story unfold where uh, there's apparently a malfunction on a Star Speeder 1000, not 3000 like the original version, but 1000, which kind of implies mm-hmm. that this Star Tours happens before. I'm not really sure. Don't, don't read that deep. I'm not going to read that deep into it anymore. No. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, C-3PO is told... But that it's got a hyper-masculine It has pilot, a mic- hyper-masculine huh? pilot. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, C-3PO uh, is called to the ship to fix some stuff. Ace-38 bitches at him like, I have to take off soon, so you better fix this shit right away. And C-3PO mm-hmm. is like, off with you. Shoo, shoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he gets... Uh, C-3PO sits down into the pilot seat, and then suddenly the blast doors close right in front of him. <gasps> and we don't know why yet. And then yeah. there is a new droid that pops up, a hyper-feminine droid named uh, Ali Janjan. Okay. You know why they're called Ali Janjan stuff? Is it named after one of George Lucas's family members? No, it's named after the voice actress, Allison Janney. <gasps> I love her. <laughs> Wait, isn't that C.J. Craig? C.J. Craig from West Wing. Oh, my God. I love her. Yeah, I you two her. fuck yet? That, 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 that Allison Janney. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen i Tonya, right uh no i haven't i've got Sorry. to see that movie it's she's wonderful in it i love her i lived the tanya harding situation okay my mother was obsessed with the whole tanya harding nancy kerrigan situation um so that was that was all that we cared about in my house during that time wow. so no, i'm not interested in the movie i you know i really don't remember that too much but i do remember my mom watching everything to do with uh, tanya harding uh-huh it, because that was it was fucking it was juicy it was salacious as fuck but um, i i feel like that happened and then the oj trial happened am i am i remembering that properly like it was kind of one after the I other i think your 90s may be blurring together yeah. but that's fine uh, it's fine it's all it's all the same like media orgy yeah. situation so well it's it's easy back then because you had again like three channels and maybe 10 mm-hmm. cable channels and that's it so yep what are you gonna do anyway yep. so the premise of the ride is essentially uh now we're talking we're talking about the ride itself y'all uh yes. so uh so the ride begins c3po is really upset because he's okay. trapped behind this thing yep can i pause you real quick um I get that you're describing the experience of the ride. You're forgetting that a lot of us have no idea, like, is it, are we strapped into a roller coaster? Oh. Like, what, oh, what is oh, the oh. ride itself? Like, the, we don't know what it's like to sit in that room. And you do, bitch, so share. All right. So you go into a long aisle of, of, of chairs. There's about uh, six aisles total. Uh, you go in, you strap yourself in. The chair itself is very comfy. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a thing where you can put uh, all your gift bags underneath your seat because you have to keep, you if you you have to buy Disney merch and if you buy that Disney merch you have to put it somewhere right. It's right. very important. Also, and up your butt is not a viable option. Also, the new version of Star Tours right. is in 3D, so you have you're given 3D uh, 3D glasses before uh, you uh, enter the cabin. Mm-hmm. Right oper- operators always tell you do not put on the, the stupid glasses until you sit down and you're told to put on the glasses. Inevitably, somebody will put the glasses on and trip over themselves and cause a whole 
<sighs> whole thing. Don't get me started on that. Also, <laughs> during COVID times, let me bitch for a second. You're asked, sure. you're asked to, at all times, please wear your mask. We don't care if it fogs up your 3D glasses. Wear the fucking mask. And people right. will always take their fucking mask off. And it drove me fucking nuts. I hate it. Yeah. See, I'm never going. <laughs> what? Not ever. What's fucked up is more people wear a mask now and without being told than than prior to that. It was like people were just being It's because the people that didn't. No, it's because the people that didn't wear the mask died. Oh. <laughs> you're seeing Darwin in effect. That's what that is. Yeah, so you sit down in your chair, your seatbelt get, <laughs> seat gets checked, and you're in a flight simulator type ride. Oh, okay. So on the right screen- Because there's hydraulics under the whole thing. Like, it will get up and move the whole chassis that you're sitting in. Yes, and what's important to note also is that the projector system in the back, the camera is designed to move around now, because when the cabin shifts to the left, the screen has to adjust a little bit so that the perspective of the screen is maintained at all times, especially mm-hmm. if it's in 3D. Right. So- that's that's kind of cool. Also, mm-hmm. it is a digital projector. Um, it's one of the more advanced HD digital projectors. It was actually one of the first ever 4K digital projectors used in a commercial setting back in oh, wow. back in 2011. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, there's a there's the main screen in front of you, and there's a little tiny screen on the right side where characters will pop up from time to time, depending what happens to you. And okay. the first person to pop up in when the room goes dark mm-hmm. is C3PO going. R2, get me the fuck out of here. R2-D2, I am not programmed to fly these things. I'll just turn us around this instant before we get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out R2 is the is the astromech that's attached to the spe- uh, star speeder. Of course he is. You can't have one without the other. Uh, uh, absolutely not. Uh, R2 totally listens to C-3PO and starts up the star speeder. <laughs> <laughs> And this is where the situation, this is where the ride starts to diverge into different scenarios. Okay. Uh, so uh, the first stage is called the escape scenario, where you are either confronted by Vader mm. or you see the Millennium Falcon and a group of star, stormtroopers. Uh, okay. In either case, uh, uh, the, fir- the first time I went on this ride, Vader confronted me. Prepare to be boarded, Captain. I'm afraid there's been a terrible mistake. I am seeing. We know you have this rebel spy on board. I have never seen that man before. Look here. Don't underestimate my power. And there's a system, there's a camera system internally in the cabin that will randomly select somebody in the audience to be that rebel spy. So don't be picking your nose at this stage of the game, is what you're saying. Yeah, so about that. The first time I went on Star Tours, <gasps> I was picking my nose. <laughs> I was kidding. Oh, Heather. Actually, no. I wasn't picking my nose. I was picking my ear because it was like aching really bad for some reason. Okay. And a very embarrassing, embarrassing picture of me pops up on the right hand side. I, nice. I, I am like, like enthralled with the fact that Vader is right there in front of me, and I can see the corner of my eye. My sister is looking at me like, oh, Chris. Oh my god. Oh, no. And I'm like, what? What? Oh wait, why am I up on the screen? And Vader's like, I want that spy. And R2 tries to pull away from you, and Vader catches the whole ship with the force. He's like, you're not fucking going anywhere. And at oh. this point, I realize, oh, Vader wants to wants to choke me, and I'm having conflicting feelings. <laughs> like, the premise of the ride is that I do not want that to happen, but... But... 
This is very 3D right now. So it's so like, real. And do I want this to happen? Do I not? I, I, I'm, I'm so conflicted. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Inevitably, uh, R2 will bust out the blasters on the Star Speeder. And Vader will have to let go and use his lightsaber to repel the shots. And R2 kicks the whole ship into hyperspace and gets the fuck out of there. Wait, so the, sp- the Star Speeder has weapons? Oh, yeah. It's just a little star speeder, though. Very, they're basic. They ain't. They're not. They, they're not shooting photon torpedoes or anything like that. But they're. It's just a little, a little laser pew pew. Yeah, pretty much. Except that uh, if you do the uh, the the scenario where you see the Millennium Falcon and the stormtroopers approaching you in the beginning, uh, the Falcon will fly out. R two will kind of go behind the Falcon and blow up a a, a star destroyer. <laughs> oh wow! Because they don't have oh. shields active at the moment, so. Uh, R2 will blast right into the, the top part of a Star Destroyer, blow out the front part, and then go into hyperspace. While C-3PO is like, you better not go into fucking hyperspace, R2. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, and this is where I would like to add a new counter. Uh, what? No, the Star Tours <laughs> episode doesn't get to spawn. It should. It should. I When we get there for uh, A New Hope, well, uh, I would actually say Rebels, uh, I would like to add the fuck you, C-3PO counter. What? Why? Because R2 says fuck you to C-3PO like all the time. It's done with love, but that's what happens. But C-3PO is C-3PO in Rebels? There's that one episode in there. Does 3PO show up? Yeah. I don't remember. It's been a long time. Yeah, I I want to say there was an episode. I can't remember if it was Rebels or something else. But yeah, there was a part where R2 is like, fuck you. I'm I'm doing this thing. And he certainly does that during Oh, there was an R2 yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, because I think R two does have because uh, they really haven't gone adventuring together as much because it was the prequels. But once you get those two going places together, yeah, R two lives to do exactly the opposite of whatever three PO just said. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Steph is begrudgingly like, I don't want to <laughs> add any counters to this one. It's not like I'm keeping track of the. I know. Things, uh, so like, <laughs> you're not adding work. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. So the other scenarios, um, you know, I don't want to go through them all because I really feel like, you know, I, I, I have hope that all of our listeners at some point gets to experience Star Tours. But there's a few uh, scenarios I would like to horrify Stephanie with because there's some fun facts with, this, with a few of them. Okay. So uh, one of the scenarios, you do fly to Kashyyyk. Uh-huh. And at some point, for whatever reason, uh, uh, Chewbacca lands on the windshield of the Star Speeder <laughs> and he's very annoyed. Okay. <laughs> Why? I, is it because you're flying through his home? I there's a happened? there's a part where Chewbacca is being chased by some stormtroopers on uh, speeders, and R two blows up one of the speeders, and uh, Chewbacca goes flying up into the air and lands on the front windshield of the Star Speeder. Okay. Okay. Now they uh, the Imagineers had a very tough time rendering Chewbacca because there's a lot of hair there. Hair, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they had a very basic. Brought to you by Manscaped. <laughs> 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 Help the Imagineers render you more clearly with Manscaped. Coupon code Divas D I V A S at checkout. Okay. Um, so they had a very basic character model that was a simpler, less dynamic looking Chewbacca, but they didn't name it Chewbacca. Stephanie, would you like to know what they named it? What'd they name it? Mala. So that's Chewbacca's wife? Uh Uh-huh. You know what this means? Oh, it gets worse. 
Uh, because I think the implication that the holiday special is definitely canon is pretty bad. Yeah. What else? What else? What, what, how does it get worse? At the end of the scenario, uh, R2 is flying through the, uh, the treetop area of where, the, where the, the Wookiees are trying to celebrate. There's a party and they burst right through, disrupting their whole party. There's one Wookiee that's super skinny and gross looking. Uh, that is waving in anger at the at the star speeder. They call that character model lumpy. <sighs> lumpy isn't lumpy the child. And lumpy's though? the child, yeah. So that's like teenage lumpy. Teenage lumpy. Lump lump lump. Yeah. Nice. I hate it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> That so I, I I hate to tell you this, but I think we we can't resist the fact anymore that um, Star Wars holiday specials canon. It's canon. Yeah. It's canon. But I mean, okay, okay. But if the thing that we're saying is like the authority that finally rules that the holiday special is canon, based on the videos you sent me of this fucking ride, it doesn't give a fuck about canon. True. True. Because like one of the scenarios I w- I you sent me was like we went from like. I don't I don't even remember, but like all of a sudden Boba Fett was there and he should be dead. So like why? Or he should he should be in a Sarlacc pit. So why is this happening? Right, right. Or it was no, it was Jango Fett. It was Jango Fett. We went from the battle on Hoth to being chased by Jango Fett through an asteroid field. And then into the Death Star where Vader is. Yeah. 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 Outside of Geonosis. Yeah. Yeah. And it was definitely Jango Fett. Yeah. Like there's no it was not. Okay. Yeah. It it, it was. (laughs) <laughs> it was not prisoners with jobs one. <laughs> it was, but it was the other paint job. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, another scenario, the Tatooine scenario, uh, the podcast, it's a podcast racing scenario that is based on the podcast racing scenario. Uh, oh, podcast racing. <laughs> oh, I would love to get into a podcast race. We will lose. Do you see how long it takes us to finish anything? <laughs> Uh, I don't finish first. I would like to. <laughs> Is there a prize for the ones who come in like two and a half hours late? Because that's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> Longest podcast racer. Um, anyway, it's a pod racing scenario, um, which is based on the actual footage that George Lucas presented to Michael Eisner all those years ago. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I did. Yeah. It was one of the videos you sent me had the pod racing scenario. Yeah. yeah. And we went from the pod racing to, God, something completely out of context. Like, the timeline, it's it's a fucking Mad Lib. Yeah. It's just, they're just pulling random shit together. It is exactly what it is. Uh, on Geonosis, as you mentioned, uh, Django Fett, uh, atta- or, Beba- or Boba Fett, there's a debate on who's what. Uh, but the voice is... I think it's Django based on the uh, paint job. That's what I say, too. Uh, but nonetheless, Tamora Morrison is the voice of that character, uh, Quick correction, because we have been corrected oh. um, by people who know. Okay. Uh, that is Temuera. Oh, okay. Morrison. Temuera. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll have to practice that because I, I, my, my gay lisp uh, makes it hard for me to pronounce things sometimes. There's no S's in it? Yeah, but... but Did you just put an S in butt so that you could... Not on purpose. It? Now you're calling it out and I'm all like, ah! Tem, temuera. Okay, I got it. 
Okay, anyway, go on. Uh, at the go end on. of the Geonosis scenario, you uh, reconnect with the Rebel fleet, because why not? It does, time doesn't mean anything anymore, and there is... One... <laughs> what even is time? What is time, even? Uh, who, who era what? Right. Uh, there is a woman dressed up as Mon Mothma. A lot of people thought that was mm-hmm. the original actress that played Mon Mothma, but it, it is not. It is a woman named Marianne Mc- McLean. She is a legendary video game voice actress and the standard bearer voice a- voice actress for most Disney theme park attractions where there's a nice. woman. Uh, she is a fucking legend. Uh, and uh, I love her and she's awesome. Uh, but anyway, she gets to play Mon Mothma because she looks like her. It's amazing. Uh, and yeah, so that's that's the basic right in a nutshell. They mix and match. They piss off people who are obsessed with canon. Uh, <laughs> the... the George Lucas would announce in 2009 that they are going to do a new Star Tours at Celebration. Uh, and it was a big deal when he announced it because he forgot to ask Disney if it was okay that he announced it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just know things. I'm going to tell people the things that I know. What? But all was good. Um, and, and, and they made the premiere of the Star Tours ride in Hollywood Studios in Orlando in 2011. Bob Iger, George Lucas were there to present it. Um, it was a big celebration, a very big deal. There was a lot of excitement uh, about the ride. And Bob Iger asked George Lucas to have lunch with him later that day. And they sit down and they have their first official discussion about Bob Iger asking, so, George, what if we bought Lucasfilm? Ooh, and that's how it starts. Okay, and okay. that's how it starts. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would eventually add the sequel trilogy scenarios, Jakku, Crate, and mm-hmm. Exegol. In Star Tours, no. at least when we do the, Man, se- I want to see crate. Oh, you should look that shit up. It's awesome. Oh, uh, uh, when they do the sequel trilogy scenarios, that shit's actually can't in canon. Like they only use sequel trilogy uh, characters, oh, and okay. they do that shit in order. They never break break mix mix and match that. They only mix. So and you match. don't get like stopped by Vader at the beginning and then end up flying over crate. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, there are, uh, there is a holog- uh, section in between the second and third scenario where there's a hologram projection of a character that pops in. Uh, they'll do Princess Leia where she mm-hmm. is asking for help and she says the lines. This is our most desperate hour. Help me stop to us. You're my only hope. Oh. Uh, Admiral Akbar is there and I don't, I never understand what the fucking, what he says because he's a fucking shrimp. Like, help us our cars, something like that. And then, of course, you know what? You don't need to be speciesist. <laughs> I have a my ears have a hard time hearing him on the ride. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Um, okay, and, carry on then. Uh, and then Yoda shows up, and he's like, mm. "Yoda, I am on your ship. One loyal to our cause, you carry the spy." Mm. <laughs> and why is Yoda there? Isn't he on Dagobah? I don't know. Uh, sh- yeah. Uh, they <laughs> when they <laughs> add the all I got. when they add the sequel characters, they add BB-8 as a projector Poe Dameron, Aww. which is nice. I, I okay. yeah. Uh, Maz Kata- uh, Kanata. Uh, she's nice. in the middle of a gunfight trying to talk to you, of course. Mm-hmm. And then my personal favorite, Lando Calrissian. Mm. Mm-mm. We're talking Rise of Skywalker, Lando, which is a very nice version of Lando. It's a good Lando. Yeah. Look, every Lando is nice. Oh, Lando! Lando is is glorious across across all time and space. Uh, he uh, he's he's a uh, my favorite thing about the Lando projection is how smooth he is. 
he's like, hey, everybody, how are you doing? Like, he's completely calm and, yeah. and, and shit the whole time. Yeah. Effortless. Billy D. Williams, baby. Uh, but he do, he is shady. So it, and it, when he pops up, uh, C-3PO is like, General Calrissian, what are you here? And Lando's like, oh, hey, R2, not even acknowledging C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> Because fuck that droid. I know. Like, I love C-3PO. I I love him too. But goddamn, he's a mess. But goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> like, ridiculous. So that's it. That is that is uh, Star Tours The Adventures Continue. Uh, shortly after the conversation Iger and Lucas has, they enter deep negotiations for the Lucasfilm acquisition. And also, it is at that time Cartoon Network throws a big shit fit, and that's the end of Clone Wars. Mm. Yeah, well, we talked about that in our Clone Wars episode. Yes. That was a hot mess. Yeah. So that's it. All right. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, I have, y'all, I have a dream. I have a a vision of Mm -hmm. getting Stephanie a private jet, a a limo, (laughs) and we're going to go to Disney together on a Disney uh, uh, after after dark event because there's no fucking Mm -hmm. people there. And Steph will go on Star Tours with me four or five times. (laughs) <laughs> just to make sure we get the full variety exactly i think i think your odds are better if you can get get that uh, teleportation technology I, going. i'll i'll do I'll, whatever it takes i have a dream it's just it's it's just really hard to travel this disabled ass of mine around i know so i know yeah i know uh so i have one more story one more story yeah Ooh, okay um i now i'm i'm aware that uh people care about canon mm-hmm. and i'm aware that people can get very upset about canon but uh-huh. i figure you know if you're at disneyland how mad can you get if you get to go on star tours and you get to be in the middle of like of like right different Would experiences you not just appreciate that you're in the most magical place on earth and it's and it's star wars right when it, and just love that you couldn't possibly who could possibly get mad yeah so friend of the show charles from gold squadron gaze <laughs> uh, um, i thought at first he was joking when he said he was angry. And then, you know, of course, when you get off the ride, like any good Disney ride, you go through the, the gift shop. The gift right? shop, yeah. And that gift shop is my favorite. I, I, I love that gift shop. Um, but the lighting is not so great. It wasn't until mm-hmm. we stepped outside, I saw how red with anger his face was. Oh he was, my God. He was, he was pissed. So every time we go together, I make him go on the ride with me. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Uh, God bless the people that that care about canon because they're the kind of people that you know write Wikipedia. Yeah, absolutely, you know? which is our lifeblood. Exactly, yeah. or or provide me with endless entertainment by annoying you with their shot for shot reactions to our podcast uh, <laughs> Discord. <laughs> but you're at fucking Disney, man. Yeah, take a deep breath, let it go. Yeah. Get a churro. Oh my god, churros. Do what you gotta do, man. But 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 just you know what? Let me put it let me just do this. I'm talking to Charles right now. Charles, I'm talking to you. <laughs> let me put it to you this way. At least you get to go. Yeah. I can't go. So what I need you to do is put on your big boy pants and go ride Star Tours and enjoy it despite whatever it does for me. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I'm a tiny Tim you into behaving yourself. <laughs> well, at least Batu is uh, canon acceptable. So for now, <laughs> it better except be. when Mando walks around and 
Never mind. Mm. <laughs> I don't mind Mando walking around at all. I, you know, that's that's one thing that kind of makes me glad that I can't go is because how, how, how the hell am I supposed to act right if fucking Mando walks by? I, I, and like Boba, Boba is also there. Yeah. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like how many, how many people have gotten kicked the fuck out of the park for getting handsy with them? Yeah. Um, I, uh, so when I went to. It wouldn't be me. I would never, I would never. <laughs> But I don't know that I would be able to look anybody in the eye <laughs> while they're around either. So, um, I so when I went to Star Wars night at Disney, um, I overheard my partner telling somebody, "Wow, I bet if uh, Chris's friend Stephanie was here and saw him walking around, that she would want to get arrested." And and <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" And he taps me on the shoulder. He's like, "Chris, look who it is." And I see Captain Rex. I have a pineapple juice <gasps> in my hand. <laughs> And I crush it. The juice goes flying into my face. And I, I was just a mess. And my partner was like, oh, you too. And I'm like, yes, bitch. Yes. Of course. Yes. Because Captain Rex, there's, he's just. My God. I can't. He's just. Yeah, exactly. And it was season one Clone Wars armor. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god! You give me a physical Captain Rex in front of me, and I'm gonna have a problem. <laughs> this is also why I can't go to like celebration or conventions or anything because some of y'all cosplayers, girl, you look amazing. You look a fucking like, amazing, like too amazing. And like, there's there's my love for a really good cosplay, but also some of y'all I know who's in the costume. Okay. <laughs> and no, thank you. I don't need that confused boner. Right? <laughs> so. Where I'm like, I'm really into the costume, but just the helmet needs to stay on forever. <laughs> well, there forever. there are some cosplayers we follow that look very nice outside of their costume, too. So, Yeah. No, I'm not talking to everybody. Yeah. There's just a handful of you. Just a handful. You probably, the you don't know who you are, and that's part of why. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's it, Seth. That was cryptic and bitchy. No, that was a great story. Yeah. Um, so, in conclusion, <laughs> George Lucas just got sick of it and sold everything to Disney. Essentially. Okay. Okay. That's really cool. I like, I don't know, I dig it. I really dig the whole concept of Star Tours. I think it seems like such a, such a harmless ride. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get fucking whiplash from it. You know, no. you're all sitting in the thing together and you're, you're part of the story and one of you might be the rebel spy. You don't know. It's a whole thing. And, um, I don't know. There's something about it that just is like wholesome. It's, it's one it's of those like, rides the whole family can do. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's the wholesome Star Wars Disney magic. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And I, there is nothing better than going on that ride, seeing a, a whole family of kids, kids that honestly believe they're in a space station oh. and they think that everything is real and they're reacting to everything. And, and, but there was this one kid that was like, but dad, why are we fighting the separatists when there's the, and, and, and it's like, what are you talking about? You know? So I love that. I love that too. And don't be that guy, son. Okay? <laughs> don't be that guy. Look at those nerds sitting behind us. They look like they do podcasts. You don't want to end up being like them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Stop being right. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Is that is that it for Star Tours? That's it. 2.0? That's it. You get your solo reprieve, Steph. And then next time. So yeah, okay, okay, okay. I don't have anything. I feel so weird. I don't know how to like transition out of this because I don't have like notes or anything. Well, um, we have notes next time. I will. 
because it's a whole thing. All right. So, uh, thank you, Christopher, for taking on this, taking us all on this tour through the Star Tours. Uh, 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 did we seriously uh, almost do two hours again? We did. One and a half. Yeah. About My that. God. Oh, well. Uh, hey, for once it was you. Yeah. This, this was you, you monologuing. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. I was going to try to make it shorter <laughs> no. for you, but oh, well. Don't ah, worry about it. Okay, so um, that's it for Star Tours. That was delightful. So then next time, we will be talking about the first half of Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh my story. god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I'm looking forward to it. I was talking to to Lucas about it. He's he's super excited, too, because neither of us have actually seen it since the theater. That's crazy, but I, 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 I'm so excited out. for yeah. you because it's going to be like... So fresh it's and gonna new. It's going to be like, I have definitely been under general anesthesia more than once yeah. since then. So I honestly, not a lot of memory. I think there a robot pissed on a fence. Correct. At some point. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the Millennium Falcon used to have an escape pod. Um, yeah. Han fucked that up, so. Uh, well, you know, it's what he does. <laughs> it's what he does so. good. Um, also, because we're doing this in two parts, uh, not mm-hmm. next week, but the week after, which is the second half of Solo, Uh huh. that's my birthday weekend, Ooh. I get to talk about Daddy Darth Maul on my fucking birthday. <laughs> 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 what, what a great it's gift. True. It's true. <laughs> okay. Uh, so do we have anything else for today? Nope. Okay, cool. Then uh, let's outro. You want to outro? I'm ready. Okay, uh, let's see if I can get back in the headspace of somebody who actually has something to do in this episode. Um, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. Uh, if you enjoyed the music at the top of the episode, that was a gift from one of our lovely listeners by the name of Chorlesy. You can find him on the TikTok as at C-H-O-R-L-S-Y. Uh, if you would like to get in on some of that sweet, sweet ball shaving action that we were talking about during the ad break... <laughs> you can go to manscaped.com and use code DIVAS at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. That's code D-I-V-A-S. If you'd like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. You should and you will. Uh, you can find us on all the social medias uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the TikTok as at DarksideDivas. Uh, you have to also subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done so already. You can find our podcast on any podcast platform. You don't have to. You must. You don't have to. You must. Okay. Do it. Okay. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, <laughs> leave a review. We like reviews. If you leave a five star, or as it turns out on our Marvelous Divas show, one star. One star. You remember, we used to have that as a deal. Like, that was our way of taunting people. Uh, if you if you hate us, leave a five star review and we'll still read it. Apparently, you don't have to leave the five star. We'll do it for a one star. Well, as I explained, uh, it's still good for analytics to leave any reviews. Yeah, so, turns out. <laughs> thanks to masses. Uh, anyway, uh, not the people that are giving us five star reviews, just the people trying to come for us. Uh, but That's cute. but yeah, subscribe to our podcast, whatever. Uh, also, we have a swag store, redbubble.com forward slash official divas. We have our logos mm-hmm. and funny shit we say and stickers and t-shirts and such. Also, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash divas podcast. Five bucks mm-hmm. a month, you get unedited versions of our shows in video form. Uh, we do special one-off events. Uh, and you get access to the greatest Discord community in, a gal- in this galaxy, at least. Oh, they're so fucking great. Last but certainly not least, we have a YouTube channel under the Dark Side Divas mm-hmm. brand. Season two of Divas Unleashed is about to start end of this month. It's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. Uh, please join can't us. Wait. Please join us for that. If you subscribe to our channel, you'll get notified when that's going to happen. I believe it's February twenty eighth. Uh, yes. So 
Uh, check that out. It's going to be live. That means that you can join us in real time, harass us, ask us questions. Anyway, y'all, but that's it. That's it. That's all we got. Okay. All right. We're ready to go then? Ready to go. Okay. Bye. Bye.